You are listening to Bloomberg Business Week. Well, our next guest writes that the rise of the digital giants requires a different mindset for success and that understanding those digital giants, their DNA specifically, will help the next generation of leaders prepare for an environment where everybody wants to rule the world. That is the title of his new book that is just out, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, Surviving and Thriving in a World of Digital Giants. Joining us right now is the author, R. Ray Wong. He is founder of the Silicon Valley-based Constellation Research, co-host of Disrupt TV. It's a weekly webcast, and he looks at disruptive technologies and new business models. He's an advisor to global companies, and he joins us on this Thursday on the phone in Las Vegas. Ray, nice to have you here on Bloomberg Business Week. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. What's your last year been like? Last year has been crazy, watching companies go from digital channels to digital business models to digital monetization and trying to do it all from home and trying to do it with, like, you know, the most interesting, you know, work policies, technologies, and, of course, you know, shareholders and, of course, amidst a pandemic. So, How, how surprised have you been about the kind of the rapidity and how the cycle of going uh, digital has just picked up? You know, we talk about we've done five years, three years of changes uh, or adaptations of digital strategies in one year because you had to. It's, it's because of choice. If you didn't do that, you would be out of business. Uh, the small store that was taking orders by fax, uh, that wasn't going to happen. The large companies that didn't know how many employees they had or where their supply chains were going to be, they fell apart. Uh, the companies that couldn't figure out pricing because they figured no demand signals, they had no analytics or insight, they weren't able to survive. Uh, and we saw that. And the companies that have emerged over the last three to four months have come back stronger. And, and that's the most exciting part about this. Well, and you, your new book that talk, looks specifically at these digital giants, you know, what do you mean? Are you talking about the usual suspects specifically or give us some you know clarification of what you wanted to look at and, and who we need to kind of keep a close watch on? You know, Cal, that's a great point, right? It's not the usual suspects we were looking at, like the FANGs plus Microsoft, but what we were looking at is that emergent class of digital giants, the Epic Games, the Robloxes, the Coupangs, the Ant Financials, uh, the Robin Hoods of the world, Airbnb, DoorDash. Um, they all have distinctive business models uh, that are that are very, very different than what digital transformation could do on their own. For example, there are five things that are important. It's really about disintermediating customer account control. They take the customer relationships, they aggregate it, they own it. If you look at DoorDash versus Domino's Pizza, and Domino's is an awesome company. I mean, they're the poster child for digital transformation. But you might order a pizza from them once a week. Some people order from DoorDash three times a day. And that aggregation of businesses and customers over time allowed them to gather more data. And data is the power behind a lot of this. They know that in your zip code, Carol, that people like Thai food more than Italian. And this other zip code, they like Chinese food more than Indian food. And they use that data to maybe build a ghost kitchen, maybe get better at targeting. And then they start building big networks. Small restaurants could probably have 100 or 1,000 customers. These companies have aggregated millions of customers, sometimes tens of millions of customers. In other cases, hundreds of millions of customers. And by doing that, they have that network effect. And then, of course, they understand digital monetization, whether it's ads or search or goods or services or memberships or subscriptions. They figured out where they want to play. And then here's the kicker. They can lose hundreds of millions of dollars a year, but so long they're growing market share, their shareholders don't care. And that makes it so hard to compete against them if you're a traditional business.
you were talking about data uh, and the data domination, and it's not the typical firms that we all talk about, Ray, when it comes to data, it's not the big fame spe- fang stocks specifically, which are now in, uh, you know, regulators crosshairs uh, around the world. But you talk about the Robin Hoods, the Airbnbs, the DoorDash. These are the ones that are increasingly accumulating data. And what do we need to learn from? What do we need to be wary about? Yeah, what we need to know is that they're competing on data. And that is the heart of every one of these digital companies is the fact that they've got a data-driven digital network. That's the 100-year platform that anticipates what a customer wants. It identifies a trend that hadn't been thought about. It mitigates a risk uh, that someone can't anticipate. And, and that's their heart. They build that information insights over time. And soon every company is competing on a concept we call decision velocity. You and I make you know, make a decision per second. It could take us two weeks, a quarter, even a year to get something out of management committee. But machines are making decisions a thousand times per second. Mm-hmm. And that asymmetry is ca- causing this decision velocity that is required. Every company is going to have to make faster and faster decisions. And the decisions that are being brought in are creating a competitive moat. And that information in that business graph, like social networks have social graphs that tell you what people are going to do or help with the understanding, that business graph is powering their AI and their machine learning engines, which allow them to be smarter. Those are the brains of the operations over time. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because a, a great conversation I had with the Raytheon CEO, Greg Hayes, yesterday, and I highly recommend everybody go to our podcast feed at BloombergBusinessWeek.com. Uh, and Bloomberg.com to check it out. But he did talk about increasingly, too, the use of AI when it comes to defense and helping to make those decisions, and that's kind of where we're moving. Are you basically saying is the net-net, the payoff here, that those companies that are using technology, using their data, using AI, making those decisions instantaneously in terms of what's going to happen to their consumer base or what their consumer base wants, they are going to have uh, the advantage going forward and and they need to be uh, copied basically. You know, it's true. You're right, Carol. It's not just the advantage. It's a 100x advantage because they can move faster. They have better information. They can act on that information, and that gives them an advantage. And if you're a smaller business, you're going to want to plug into one of those networks. But if you're a regulator, you're going to want to think about what you can do to improve competition when that data aggregation is concentrated by such a few group of individuals. And, and that's where it gets interesting. So I think about our audience, Ray, very smart, very locked into the financial market. Um, a few months ago, I was sitting down with Kathy Wood, and I think at that point, that week, they had, I think, gotten out of their shares of Apple, and she's like, that's maybe not the forward. You know, that's not the, the companies that I'm going to be focusing on. Uh, I'm looking for the innovators, disruptors. That's her strategy. So for our investment audience, you know, how should they take the information that you're presenting here and run with it? Yeah, it's important to find the next group of digital giants. We know tech is where the growth is. We've seen the shift from value investing back to growth stocks again. We've seen the reflation trade go back into big tech. But not all big tech companies are created the same. And that's the important thing. You're looking for companies that have actually figured out how to disintermediate customer account control, companies that compete on data, companies that have a long-term mindset where they can lose money but gain in market share, companies that understand digital monetization, and then companies that understand how to build fast networks. Those are going to be the next winners in the digital economy. So are you saying Robinhood Markets is going to be one of those? Robinhood Markets could be one of them. 
Starlink is going to be one if they do go public. If you see what happens, you know, with the Gojek, go to like uh, companies in Indonesia, those are one of those as well. What they're building out, Reliance in India is going to be one of those. Uh, Roblox is a great example of that. Epic Games has that capability as well. So a lot of opportunities coming up. Well, and it's interesting, you know, you mentioned a lot of overseas companies. I do think we talk a lot about the emerging markets, and that's where you see increasingly companies um, that are started, they're innovators, they're disruptors, uh, because those are markets that really need something, an urgent need. And we've seen that certainly in fintech play out uh, when it comes to some of those emerging markets. Is that where you really look for the innovators in the space? Is it going to be a geographical difference because that's at a necessity or not necessarily? The geographical markets are going to play a role, but at some point, um, the, the regulators in each country are going to ensure that, you know, another country's, you know, big tech giant is not going to invade their country. And I think we're starting to see that happen around the world. You're also seeing governments regulate the big tech companies a little bit more for fear of that kind of dominance and power. And so you'll see you know, companies that emerge for regional winners. For example, Amazon's going to have a tough time getting into South America or getting into Asia. It'd be very hard for them to, you know, battle there. But they might have a shot in India, but even that looks very limited. And so there are geographical constraints in a lot of these types of companies. So is that... regulations. Is Amazon a company that gets crushed? Because you are looking at the companies that you think will ultimately thrive in this environment. You've mentioned a couple of them. Um, who gets crushed? Is it an Amazon going forward? They're huge now, no doubt about it. You know, here we are, you know, getting ready to watch Jeff Bezos go into space uh, and, you know, has created incredible amounts of uh, wealth, certainly for his company and for himself. And it's a stock that's just been off the charts. But is that a company that ultimately gets crushed in your view? No, I actually think Amazon's one of the winners. It's because of the ethos and the culture inside the organization. There's a fear factor of always failing. They always start thinking about working backwards and trying to innovate into new markets. The only thing that will stop Amazon is really regulators um, and other industry lobbyists who do not want Amazon in their industry. And that's where we're starting to see some of these antitrust bills play a role. Hey, what about something like, you know, I think I've talked a lot about the, the food chain. Are we, should we be looking at companies that are playing into that, particularly are gathering data uh, and tapping into the strains and stresses on our, our food supply chain as, as being some of the future winners? and just got about 30 seconds. Short answer is yes, and that's why you're seeing a battle for Morrison's. That's why retail is a great place. That's why That's why on the B2B side, the trading networks and the trades for commodities is another great space for those demand signals. You've got it, Carol. That's right. exactly the point. All right, great stuff uh, and fun to talk with you. Thank you so much. Good luck with the book. Ray Wong, he is founder of the Silicon Valley-based Constellation Research. His new book out, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, Surviving and Thriving in a World of Digital Giants. 